0: Section 12 of Travels to Oaxaca, by Nicholas Joseph Thierry de Menonville. an anonymous translation from the French. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Quicatlan, the capital of an ancient kingdom, is still a pretty large town, containing about 200 families. It is planted with trees of every kind, beneath which many fountains of fresh water spread health and coolness i made a tour of the town its population appeared to me considerable for everywhere i saw men walking about and women seated in the current of the rills which flowed from the fountains combing washing and soaping themselves for bathing is very usual with the spanish women here especially the head after well washing the head it is soaked with the crushed root of a plant which i brought back with me and which is sold in the country by the pint with this substitute for soap the shoulders and bosom are likewise washed the sight of the beautiful black hair of these women hanging down the neck and shoulders extremely fair was highly interesting nor did their simple dress delight me less their long hair divided into two tresses and interwove with a rose-colored ribbon falls down to the ground a very white shift a furbelowed muslin petticoat a scarf of gauze or alenon lace sometimes bordered with a fringe of gold or silver this with a little bouquet on the side of the head completes their neat costume a costume if seen which would not be despised even by our nicest coquettes in this place i remarked a degree of emulation in culture which i noticed nowhere else corn is sown and the trees are lopped and grafted i remarked in the hedge which surrounded a very pretty garden a species of crescentia didium angiosperm calabash tree which would have delighted Linné seeing he inquires if any new species exist the leaves of this species are in bundles of the same form and color though smaller than in the one noticed by the father of botany but the fruit which is but two inches in diameter is ten inches long angular and tuberous like the cacao and seeds of the shape of a heart smothered in the pulp are not larger than those of the capsicum The fruit is used in kitchens as a pot-herb or in ragouts. I met with the same again in the markets of Campeachy. I was solicitous of seeing the parsonage, house, and the church. The first was very commodious. Its owner, the rector, received me at first with coolness, but on learning I was a botanist, he made amends by a profusion of civilities and consulted me on some complaints under which he labored this clerical gentleman was of good appearance with ruby countenance which bespoke good living the parish church is large well lighted and kept remarkably clean it is true on this occasion it was put in order as the feast of pentecost was to be celebrated the next day a matter that surprised me was to see a schoolmaster there practicing motets for the following day and six choristers repeating the music in very good time. To me, the air was pleasing and not without taste. The belfry is not more singular. It is raised on a natural mound of earth one hundred feet high and consists of four posts eighteen feet high, fastened and crossed at the top. From the crossbars, the bell is suspended about three feet from the ground weighing not less than ten thousand weight the roof of the belfry is of straw thatch like the roofs of our ice houses i returned to supper and in the interval arrived the officer of the tobacco guard from whom i learnt whatever i would by means of a few glasses of brandy the rogue was perfectly well acquainted with the whole country from panama to acapulco And from cartagena to vera cruz he talked fluently on politics declaimed against the government and in case of need assuredly was open to seduction the casero informed me likewise another traveler in an honest franciscan friar about to preach at guatemala i inquired if he was inclined to accompany me in the morning and he consented provided I would wait until he had celebrated Mass. This being agreed upon, I retired to rest and he to supper. The next day we set off at five in the morning and arrived, after a smart ride of a league and a half, at the passage of Rio Grande. Rain had fallen in the mountains. Another day's rain would have rendered the river impracticable. Here it is much wider than at Quiotepec its breadth not being less than four hundred yards and the sides consequently much less precipitous an indian beckoned to from the opposite side came and took the leading horses by the bridle and perfectly naked conducted us over the river for our part we were in the water up to the saddle-bow and he to the breast and this took place so leisurely that i had full opportunity of noticing all the danger the current was so rapid that it confounded me i was obliged to steady myself by the pommel my legs on the horse's rump and my breast on its neck the animal itself trembled and advanced not a step without first feeling his way on account of the enormous rounded stones at the bottom At length we got through, and my fellow-traveller, breathless with fear, and not less pale than myself, remarked in good French that, if we had drowned without having first gone to mass, the people would not have failed to ascribe our death to a failure of devotion. I laughed heartily at the fancy, and seeing whom I had to deal with by this sally, I was no longer under any constraint with him he was indeed one of the pleasantest fellows for a monk i ever met with and with this a man of sense one who had seen the world lively and inquisitive as much as becomes a man finally he was highly engaging obliging and unceremonious we continually kept along the banks of the river till dinner-time it was covered with twenty species of waterfowl, both large and small, especially crows, Corvus aquaticus minor, Linnaeus, which I much regretted not having time to examine. We arrived at an early hour at Don Domiguillo, where, thanks to the good father, who took with him a well-supplied larder, we made an excellent dinner. Don is situate at the confluence of the rio grande and the rio de las vueltas or the Turns, so denominated from its frequent windings it abounds in fruit trees and is plentifully watered as we were saddling our horses in order to depart we heard a horn and immediately after saw a spaniard dressed in blue turned up with red with a large silver plate in form of a shield on his side and a small horn of the same metal depending from a cord which passed over the shoulder he was a courier as a specimen of his diligence he left tehuacan the day before and reckoned on reaching oaxaca on the morrow by six in the morning i held discourse with him for a few minutes he seemed inquisitive but i readily concealed from him my designs he took a different road to ours over the mountains in order to avoid crossing the rivers no doubt from apprehension of being stopped by their course as for us we passed through the gorge in which flows the river de las vueltas this gorge is in places a hundred paces broad at others scarcely a dozen yards in order to go in a direct line through the windings of this gorge IT IS NECESSARY TO CROSS THE RIVER SEVENTY TIMES. MY FELLOW TRAVELERS RECKONED THE NUMBER, THE MULETEER BY MEANS OF SMALL PEBBLES, AND THE MONK BY THE BEADS OF HIS ROSARY, AND THEIR ACCOUNTS TALLIED. FOR MY PART, AFTER THE TWENTIETH TIME I WAS TIRED OF COUNTING, AND WAS SO MUCH FATIGUED THAT I COULD WILLINGLY HAVE HALTED MIDWAY IN ORDER TO TAKE A NAP. I found on the banks of the river a flowering plant much resembling cockle campion a tree covered with flowers which i recognized immediately for the custard apple or anona but which in this country is commonly called the cherimoya which makes it almost certain that the famous cherimoya of mexico so much extolled is really nothing else than a reticulated anona I moreover found here the mexican solanum arborescent and with large lanceolate leaves which i had before noticed in the king's garden and a species of fruit-bearing asclepius with leaves like myrtle a straight stem and yellow flowers of the shape and size of our small yellow jasmine at length the gorge through which we were traveling enlarging to a quarter of a league we left the windings of the river and arrived at atlatuaca a pueblo situate in the gorge and most desirably on account of its excellent water on the left of the mountains and on a glacis the slope of which is towards the river stand the church and the casa real i felt unpleasantly from having my feet so frequently wetted and retired to rest without supper in spite of the solicitations of my fellow traveler tormented by the gnats i rose the next morning by three and awakened everybody it was so cold that we were obliged to make a fire my thermometer stood at nine degrees above the freezing point forty-eight and two-thirds degree of fahrenheit we made a hearty breakfast from the store of the good father and when about to saddle my horse I was witness to a spectacle which frightened and surprised me exceedingly. The riding mule of the master of the house, fastened to a post, had all night long been sucked, some say by a vampire, a spirit, but really by a living animal, a bat, which had bit it between the left ear and the mane below the occiput, and had drawn from it more than four quarts of blood the whole head and neck of the mule was covered with gore as well as the post against which it no doubt had rubbed in order to disengage itself from this cruel harpy i was in complete astonishment at the sight but i learnt that such events are common and that when one bat has succeeded in thus opening the vein of a horse or mule all the rest come and satiate themselves from this source. We guessed this place to be wretchedly poor from the care I noticed with which some women were collecting a few grains of maize from a spot where a caravan of mules had been recently fed. I learnt also that the maize, which was the most esteemed in the country and most common, is long, flat, and quadrangular, and the straw white. At about four o'clock we departed, and four leagues from Atlet after having crossed the River of turns seven or eight times, we distinguished Hayakatlan. Charming Hamlet, no, never shall I forget thee. I no longer wondered at the anxiety I felt that morning to set off, the impatience I experienced to arrive. These were doubtless forebodings of my good fortune." not mines nor metallic wealth dost thou enjoy perhaps but for me nothing that is curious but thou first presented me with the object of my prayers and researches yes thou art the most lovely of hamlets at Hayacatlan it was that for the first time in my life i saw the cochineal alive on the nopal by which it is nourished i even trembled with ecstasy the day before my capuchin who was very well acquainted with the country on detailing its riches and cultivation had mentioned to me cochineal i merely expressed to him a desire of having some in my possession that i might the better be enabled to describe it but when he told me it was likewise to be found at los ques which i had passed through I was vexed with myself exceedingly at missing the opportunity i had had of finding it sooner and at less expense still i had nothing wherewith to reproach myself for how was i to have known there was cochineal at los ques under apprehension of disclosing my secret i had imposed on myself a restriction from even mentioning the word cochineal In this village I met not with a single Indian who understood Spanish, and the only Spaniard I encountered, though he did indeed speak to me of Cochineal, by no means even hinted at its being cultivated there. I never thought, therefore, of looking for it at that place, and chance alone could have thrown it in my way. After all, I had no cause to repent my going so far in search of it. As my extra journeys afforded me the opportunity of seeing more of it of speaking of it more largely of procuring excellent vanilla and finally of meeting with more safe means of transporting and preserving all my treasures to return to my dear cochineal on arriving at haya i saw a garden full of nopals and had no doubt i should there Find the precious insect I was so desirous to examine. I therefore leapt from my horse under pretence of altering my stirrup leathers, entered the grounds of the Indian proprietor, began a conversation with him, and inquired to what use he put those plants. He answered to cultivate la grana. I seemed astonished and begged to see the cochineal, but my surprise was real when he brought it me for instead of the red insect I expected, there appeared one covered with a white powder. I was tormented with the doubts I entertained, and to resolve them bethought me of crushing one on white paper, and what was the result? It yielded the truly royal purple hue. Intoxicated with joy and admiration, I hastily left my Indian, throwing him two reals for his pains, and galloped at full speed after my companion who was waiting for me at a wretched sugar work the canes about which however were superb at last said i to myself i have seen this insect have held it in my hands i shall undoubtedly meet with it again as i am now in the country where it is cultivated the indians assuredly will sell it me and i thus shall be able to bear off my prize the object and end of all my ardent wishes still certain reflections mixed gall with my delight i could not hide from myself the difficulty i should have to bring it to safe haven an animal so light so pliable so easy to crush an animal which once separated from the plant could never settle on it again the shocks of the horse a journey of a hundred leagues by land could i hope with these to preserve it and the enormous plants on which i saw the insect was it possible for me to transport them how was i to hide them and what a case must it not require to contain a tree eight feet high by a diameter of five or six these mournful ideas occasioned me a deep reverie which not all the gaiety of the capuchin could disperse i excused myself by pretending fatigue and the vexation i endured from my horse the worst in real truth i had hitherto crossed to san juan del rey the distance was six leagues with but one intervening mountain called la costa it is nearly a league perpendicular in height, and the road over it is almost as difficult as that of Chiotepec. While to complete our trouble in passing it, we were beleaguered by two caravans of loaded mules. The road was so narrow that we were obliged to alight from our horses and climb upon rocks in order to leave room for them to pass, and made way for five hundred animals following each other one by one the sound of the bells and the whistling and smacking of whips of thirty muleteers echoed by the surrounding mountains occasioned a strange confusion a noise with which we were almost stupefied however after attaining a certain height the road becomes wider and of more gentle ascent the soil consists of vegetable earth yielding in abundance excellent herbage on which at their halting the mules are wont to pasture this mountain constantly enveloped in fog is remarkable for its perpetual cool and the deep shades its pines its oaks and the large timber of various kind occasion regret that to remove them to the plains should be a work so difficult and expensive the prospect from the crest of the mountain is wonderful. Behind is Cinquicatlán, and that mountain of Tehuacan, from which we had distinguished the one on which we were. In part extended the magnificent plain of Oaxaca, and the valley between two chains of mountains, which reaches to Guatemala, three hundred leagues distant. On the right and left, the eye embraces distinctly. A scope of forty leagues of beautiful country but in front it was that a real paradise was displayed the views of oaxaca in the distance and of fifty villages or hamlets on this side of it vying with each other in beauty and pleasantness of sight the splendor of the stone with which they are built their roofs of curved tiles as in lorraine the gardens and charming trees with which they are encompassed, had certainly a ravishing effect. The road presented us with objects no less curious. I might have collected more than twenty herbaceous plants and shrubs of a curious and novel kind, but all my attention was attracted by a flower of a splendid blood-red color. It was a lily of Saint Santiago, Amaryllis, Formosissima, the whole neighborhood was covered with it. I recollected having seen it in flower in the royal apartments at Versailles, and I promised myself to pluck some bulbs of it on my return for my friend Mr. Twain, the head gardener of his majesty. He had made me a present of two for the purpose of naturalizing them at Santo Domingo, but having left that island so soon after reaching it, i had entrusted them with an inhabitant of the colony by whose negligence they perished and here i cannot refrain from remarking how little curiosity invention or industry except indeed in what regards the peculiar objects of culture such as coffee sugar or indigo is displayed by the inhabitants of santo domingo his immediate culture alone engrosses all his faculties what is merely commodious or ornamental never enters his fancy from such a character is not to be expected any care for the naturalization of different fruits and flowers or a solicitude of perfecting such as have been transplanted there why should i he questions am i not sufficiently occupied in making my fortune i look at the end of my labors for enjoyment of life and next year i shall set off even ten years after the colonist is still found on the island and finally there he terminates his days we arrived at san juan del rey at noon the lands sown with corn through which we traveled reminded me of europe the first thing that struck me on entering the pueblo was a plantation of nopals in most excellent order I was dying with impatience to enter it but was obliged to accompany my party to the casa real while however supper was being prepared i slipped away thinking it the house of the rector of the village to whom the plantation of nopal was stated to belong i entered that of a tall and stout negro who was the alcalde of the place after first compliments i fixed my attention on a pewter basin on the table in which i saw a quantity of dry cochineal mixed with dirt respecting it i put a thousand questions to him and stated how much i should be gratified in seeing his plantation of nopals my request seemed to please him as much as my condescension for this description of people is in general treated by european spaniards with the most profound contempt he led me with readiness to his garden at the gate of which i saw a singular affixture it was a leaf of the nopal nailed to the threshold on which fastened by as many pins were stuck a number of caterpillars and two or three species of cochinelli one of which was the cochinella cacti cochinelli fairy coleopterus atris duobus punctis luteis linnaeus the yellow and black ladybug this at first i regarded as some amulet or charm and a bad augury with respect to the religion of my african but the lady of the alcalde though as black as her husband undeceived me in the most satisfactory manner by informing me that they were los enemigos de la grana the enemies of the cochineal, which were thus immolated at every harvest, and which were placed there in order that they might be universally known and devoted to general persecution. The plantation of nopals might have an extent equal to an acre and a half. It was neat, kept in good order, and the trees loaded with the last crop, which appeared to me a very abundant one the nopals, all of them of the same age, were about four feet high by as many broad. The order in which they were planted, like as Hayacatlan, was from east to west. I fancied that I discovered the male insect in a species of cochinellus of a very lively red color, but I have since been satisfied by experience that I was in error. The proprietor informed me, that he collected from four to eight arrobas of cochineal annually, and that its price on the spot was from eighteen to twenty-four reals the pound. While in conversation with the alcalde, my traveling companion became impatient for his dinner and sent out in search of me. I ate with a good appetite, imagining we should make another stage after dinner and reach Oaxaca that day, from which we were yet eight leagues distant but the monk who loved his ease signified that he did not mean to proceed further for my part i resolved on setting off immediately after dinner and returning thanks to my monk as well as his major domo, to whom i made a small present i jumped on my horse and already anticipated the sound of the clack of the whip in the faubourgs of oaxaca how wide in my reckoning was i the rascally topoth had furnished me with a mare in foal which could not be made to exceed a walk i was perfectly in a rage but soon became calm from the reflections to which the incident gave rise i saw confirmed the old observation that the depravity of man is in proportion To the extent of society in fact all the indians i had seen in my way as far as san juan del rey were generally speaking simple mild and ingenuous because at distance from great towns but from this place to oaxaca they are sly subtle and even knavish and idle it may truly be said that the neighborhood of european spaniards has been a pest a plague equally unfortunate and prompt of diffusion end of section twelve